Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, school's in session. And this is gonna be my shortest intro. Today we have a rapper, a lyricist. Today we got Kay Heller. What's going on with you, brother? What's good, bro? Thank you for having me. It's all good, man. Hey, so look, so what we do on School in Session is we go around the world and we talk to different entrepreneurs and artists and sit down with them for a little bit and basically just shed a little light on their gifts and their talents. And then at the end of the show, what we do is we play a little game of Hangman where I'll ask you different trivia questions regarding old school cartoons and old school cartoon movies. And you'll have an opportunity to win a free ice cream. That sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> so as I mentioned, the show is called School on Session. So I like to start it off with a couple school questions just to break the ice a little bit. So during school, I don't know, probably high school, junior high, have you ever dissected any animals? Um, yeah, we went that typical frog dissection route. Yeah. What was that like for you? Um, I was a pretty like quirky play in the dirt type kid. I grew up in a rural area, so I can't say it was the first time I saw like an animal in that condition, you know? So it was just <laughs> kind of like, it was weird to be in that environment and have to do it myself. But right, other right. than that, it was just kind of like boys and weird stuff kind of go hand in hand to me. Yeah. Well, me personally, it took me all the way till I went to biology class in college to finally dissect the pig. It was like they had a whole bunch of little baby pigs they was passing around. And we finally dissected it. I finally dissected a pig. It's crazy. That's See, that's the next level. I don't think I could do the pig. That's a little too much for me. Yeah, I guess they, um, I don't know. I guess their organs was a little closer to ours. I don't know what it was about, but. Right. So during high school, or even elementary, or even junior high. Do you remember the girl that everybody wanted? Mm. Um, you don't have well, to say no names, but do you, do you remember? Do you remember one? Yeah, I mean, I just haven't thought about this in a while. I'll say, yeah, I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Have, have you seen them since uh, leaving school? Uh, like one of them. Is she still the dream girl? Definitely not. I, from the person <laughs> I'm thinking of, no, not at all. It's crazy how that works, huh? <laughs> right. That's a way to break the ice. <laughs> hey, so do you remember any of your uh, parent-teacher conferences? Mm, honestly, I don't. Not at all. Nah? I, don't, I mean, so like... Nah, I remember the night because it would be a special night where everyone was there, but I can't mm -hmm. remember specifically how it went or anything like that. What about back to school night? Do you remember any of those? Yeah, I, I can definitely remember, recall some of those. Was it was it like a um, was it like an uncomfortable feeling to have moms and pops or moms or pops there? I was never like a, a kid who was uncomfortable or embarrassed by my parents. I always embraced them being around. But what was uncomfortable is I was a troublemaker. So I kind of knew that like back to school night meant people were warning my teachers that I was going to be a handful. So that's kind of how I was like nervous about it. But as far as my parents being there, it was always cool with me. So have you ever cheated on any tests, any quizzes? 
Absolutely. I do it every time I take one in, in college. <laughs> so are you still currently in college right now? No. Uh, as far for the purpose of this being published, no. But yeah, I'm in college right now, but I don't cheat on tests currently. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I definitely understand that. So a little bit more about school. Um, were you ever allowed to pick where you sat at during any of your classes growing up? Mm, not that I can remember. Did the teacher kind of place you in the front or how did that go? Because yeah, it seemed I, like like me personally being the the, uh, the the disruptive person I was, they seemed to always want to put me right next to the teacher's desk. Yeah, that was like, actually, now that you say that, I can remember parent-teacher conferences where I pretty much was always at the front and that was mentioned because I talked too much. So they felt mm -hmm. like they could, could keep keep tabs on me a little better in the front of the class. I definitely can agree with that. So just a little bit more about school. Do you recall any uncomfortable feelings during school? What was uncomfortable? Was it reading out loud? Was it oral presentations? Was it the PE showers? Do you remember anything uncomfortable about school? Hmm. Um, I was always pretty solid with presenting. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, maybe it would be like, not necessarily locker room related, but PE related. I was never really athletic. So I guess that mm -hmm. was kind of the only time my insecurity showed is I just felt like I was an underperformer kind of thing. Right, right, right. So I take it you didn't play any sports during school. No, I've I've skateboarded my whole life. So but that doesn't really apply to like PE and stuff. So as far as right. like athletics, I couldn't because I was actually born with a club foot. So I mm -hmm. love soccer. Like soccer was one of my favorite sports, but I was always advised not to play it because my ankle is so fragile. So I mm -hmm. decided skateboarding, which was even worse. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those things. So I never really participated in like organized sports, but always been skating. Definitely, definitely. Um, I actually was just talking to a friend thinking about doing a, um, a music video at a skate park. It's funny you said that because that's actually where my mind has been at these last couple of days, thinking about something like that. Yeah, I can think of some classic uh, music videos at skate parks for sure. Exactly. So what's your take on gun owners? Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm not one personally, but I see nothing wrong with it. It's it, This is a, a field question, but for me, I mean, if you think you have reason to defend yourself, I don't see a problem with it for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then there's the whole rabbit hole of whether or not it's actually you see a threat and if it's warranted, so I can't talk too much, but just in a general state, I don't see a problem with it. That's just gonna be my flat answer. So do you think that every state should kind of adapt more of the Texas open carry law or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, so I, as I've gotten older, cause I grew up in Sacramento. So this is my only, all I know personally, but as I've met more people who didn't grow up here, it seems like it has been more of a positive for them in with open carry. I've had friends who grew up in Texas and some Southern states and stuff. Uh, as far as if I think California should be that way, again, it's hard to say because I'm not like a part of it. Part of me wants mm -hmm. to say yes, but that would be assuming the good in people because 
if it's only used for defense and that purpose, then of course, but like, then you have all the cases and the news stories in the media and like of it not going that way. It makes me want to say we shouldn't. Yeah. You know, when I was uh, preparing these questions, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, man, I think we all should be allowed to carry. And then I thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute, is everybody going to use it the right way? You know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely can agree with that. So I have a kind of off the wall question, right? So would you prefer a woman who's very educated, but at the first sight of trouble, she would run and leave you no matter where or when? Or would you prefer a female who's very street swabby and very good in the streets but she don't know how to read a word. Mm. Okay, I can see this question is gonna tell whether I'm like a protector or something in a way. I would kind of go with the first because I mean, it. I feel like it'd be easier to manage running from fear, which is like a natural human reaction than just straight up having no knowledge is like harder to, cause that's gonna play into so many scenarios that aren't even like, in my mind, I think of fear as like a big thing, you know, like maybe something mm-hmm. significant happened and I'm mm-hmm. running away. Whereas like, if we're talking about every day to day, like you don't know how to open a water bottle or like, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the, you know, it can, that could be major in every way. So I'm going to go with the first option. Okay. So do you know how to cook? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm like a 4.5 out of 10. Okay. Okay. So what about baking? Do you know how to make any desserts, anything like that? Nope. Okay. I don't know if 4.5 is too low because I can cook like any type of meat that like casual, you know, I could do a nice meal for myself on Valentine's Day. I could surprise my I girl. I get at about a seven. A seven. Okay. Yeah. I'll say a that. Six, then. Seven. I can't, I can't bake for my life. So I'll go with the seven for cooking. Okay. So what's your favorite dessert? Mmm. I'm going to, honestly, I'm going basic. I'm just going to say ice cream. I'm not going to lie. What flavor? Uh, I'm a cookies and cream or cookie dough kind of guy. That's my shit. I'm a cookies and cream person myself. Yep. Every now and again, I'm feeling the cookie dough, but otherwise I'm going cookies and cream every time. So as far as television, um, who would be your favorite comedian, whether they're alive or dead? Who's your favorite comedian? Um, I'll probably, I'm going to pick the answer just because it's who I've watched the most. It's going to have to be Dave Chappelle, but that's just because I've probably seen most of his content that's out. And it's like, who, who's going to disagree with that? He's a beast, man. Legend. His cadence (laughs) is like, that's like something, you know, obviously we'll touch on music, but I feel like people who do music as well can appreciate cadence and speech. And that was like one of the first times when I was younger, I feel like I picked up on that because he just has a certain way with timing where you feel him no matter what. Mm-hmm. See, for me personally, I would probably go Robin Harris. I don't know if you know who that is. Robin Harris. Not off the top of my head. He uh, he did the cartoon movie Bebe's Kids. Oh, yep. OK, that that definitely rings a bell. Yeah, he don't have too much stuff out, but he do. You know, he passed away or whatever, but he do got a lot of he got you know, some stuff on YouTube, but that's, that's, he's definitely one of my favorites right there. Right. Yeah, so, that show's classic. I've heard a lot about it. I've never seen it myself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's one of them. So 
if you were on stage performing, right? And you noticed the crowd look dry or they look bored while you was performing, what would you do? Uh, so th- it's, I like that you mentioned this because this was something right before the pandemic that I felt like I had finally kind of gotten good at. Uh, you know, involving them in any way. Like, I feel like for me, obviously, call outs are like a key tool when you're performing on stage, regardless of if it's music or whatnot, getting a response, forcing it sometimes even might be necessary. But I think if anything, the most simple thing you can do is like switch it up, maybe go off what you had planned for a set list and play something that you think might engage a dead crowd. Because there's mm-hmm. certain songs like, for me, you, like you said earlier, I, I'm a bigger fan of lyricists. So there's been times where I noticed the crowd was dead and I kind of just thought like, you know, I'm just going to make this more for me. I want to maybe just rap a acapella or something that I feel. And then by the end of it, you might have everyone's attention anyways, because you kind of match the energy in the room and cut the beat off and stuff. So that's mm-hmm. something I've done in the past. It's crazy you bring that up because um, me personally, I started making songs to where I could... Um, to where I can sit on a stool my whole performance, to where I can kind of bring a poetry, a poetry setting to it because, um, you know, I don't have too many dance, get up, get hyphy, get, you know, those type of songs. So I, I started kind of making songs to where it could be more of a, a intellectual connection, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's honestly my favorite. And that's another good point is like, when I go to shows, I'd rather see the artist in a smaller, intimate environment. And like the few times I really have great memories at a show is like maybe they sat on the speaker at the front of the stage and were leaning in and like talking. And like that is just when you think of a concert for me, I've been to like Kendrick. I've seen Jay-Z, Beyonce. I've seen big shows. But when you go Mm -hmm. and see like I, I don't know if you're familiar with Saba, but he's one of my favorite artists. And I saw him very early on in his career. He was sitting on the speaker just talking to me and I was like, this is crazy. Like, I can't even <laughs> process this right now. So seeing how we on music, what type of beats do you kind of look for? Like, what's your beat selection like? Um, so I can only say this so precisely because I've thought about this a lot, especially recently. Uh, my favorite album, at least in the last like five to 10 years, was Swimming by Mac Miller. And so like, I feel like the instruments on that were like kind of synthy spacey and then the drums are just typical like the hip-hop pocket you would expect uh you know the roots or like black thought type drums is very hard to replicate but when done right is my absolute favorite because for me like my main going to the gym for me is like freestyling I've done it every day since I was like 15 I just do it as a part of my like diary I'm getting it out of my head like so if I could put a beat on with those that description it's going to get it out of me every time. So it's dope that you brought up the Mac Miller album because that'll give me a great segue to name your top five rappers dead or alive. Okay. Mac Miller is not going to be in it, but mm-hmm. uh, because of rap skills, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could think of the five off the top of my head, but there was a moment, there was a time I had this rehearsed. I'll tell you for sure. Black Thought is in there for me. Little Wayne is in there. King Los is in there, Big L is in there, and I think the fifth is going to have to be Nas. That's just like, as far as the ones that made an impact on me and when I was younger looking at rhyme structure and multi-syllable schemes, I was like, these are the five for me. So I didn't find out about King Los till later, but I mean, if, mm-hmm. you know, if anyone who knows him, who he just knows he gets down. 
See, me, I went with um, I went with Jada Kiss. That's one. Yeah. Um, Eminem used to be one for me for about my whole life, but then once he did the uh, once he came back and started rapping super fast, I kind of like yeah. I kind of like fell back off of him a little bit. But Jada Kiss, Eminem, uh, I I have to admit that I was one of the last people to find out about J. Cole because I'm very in my shell. I don't want to hear nothing new. I don't want to, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't care, you know? So somebody was like, nah, you need to check him out. So now that I've checked him out a couple of years ago, he made my list. Cassidy's on there. Um, the old school Little Wayne before uh, Lollipop. Yeah. That he's on my list too. Yeah. So, Speaking of these great lyricists that we talk about, I notice you double rhyme a lot. Is it something that you do naturally or is it something that you purposely do? And for those who don't know about double rhyming, it's basically like, um, in layman's terms, he basically rhymed the last two bars or the last two syllables of a bar it's, it's a unique gift. So is it something that you kind of purposely do or how does that work? Yeah, thank you for calling that out. Cause I mean, it is purposeful and I've kind of done it. So like to fully answer this question, I started rapping when I was like 13 in an online rap battle community. It was like literally typing text as battles. You put a paragraph up and what made you good in that community to everyone there's eyes is like your rhyme structure. So you would capitalize every word that's supposed to rhyme. So if I was like going to the park at night and I'm looking like Walter White, I don't know. I capitalize mm -hmm. those two because they rhyme. And so like, mm -hmm. I think after years of that and then starting to write and like listening to the, a lot of the rappers we both just mentioned, they also do that technique. And it is kind of like, I do it on purpose, but at this point it's the way I know because that's what I fell in love with. So lyrics and in the technical, prowess of a, of a rapper or prowess however you say it, that is like my what I really love about rap like if I had to quit everything else and only write double rhymes for a living that would be a dream for me <laughs> <laughs> so seeing how we talking about the structure of creating a rap I also notice you use a lot of assemblies do you use metaphors as well or is it more of assemblies and why do you use either one of those? Yeah, uh, I can't think of off-top examples. I do use metaphors as well. I think, to be honest, similes are like low-hanging fruits because you could just throw a like or an as and put two <laughs> comparing things. And like, so if anything, maybe you caught a lazy writing tactic of mine because I, realistically, I should probably turn a lot of those into metaphors. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I use both figurative language in general. There'll be times like, let's say I have what I think is a project I'll come through the whole thing and be like, am I using enough figurative language in general? Are there double entendres? Are there metaphors, similes, anything I can think of? Word plays, alliterations. Because for me, if you have a, a well-rounded project or a well-rounded song, you should have a mix of everything if you can. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. So when I was listening to your music, um, what I like to do is I like to go through it and I like to... Um, 
get some lines and just get a little bit to talk about. But in this situation, your songs were good and majority, all of them was good. So it was kind of hard to uh, pick something out of them. But just for shits and giggles, what I picked out was on the album Shift, you had a song called Same Me, right? And what you said on there was, fuck reputation. Now I'm about repetition. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I like how you picked anything from that project because I cringe when I hear my delivery on it. But I love on paper the bars. I still like my writing there. Uh, that is just really a case of I used to think that like rapping was about the clout or whatever, like seeing people making maybe not hip hop style rap in my high school and stuff as I started. And like, in my mind, that was me like, I care more about longevity. And with most, even like the rappers we listed, that style of hip hop is more of a long game than like a one project or one song game. So mm -hmm. in my mind, I was also like, if we were to get into whole the reason why I named it Shift and all that stuff, it was more so that whole project is me saying like, I'm going to be as consistent as possible with this, which may or may not have been a true statement, but that's what I meant at the time. <laughs> so have you ever been on any ciphers or in any ciphers? Yeah, most like, so in addition to the rap battle stuff, we did a lot of online ciphers, which is crazy now that we spend so much time in Zoom because I was doing that like a long time ago, but I used to mm -hmm. do the lunchtime lunch table ciphers as well. And then I've done a few with like, uh, there's a rap battle league in Sacramento. I sometimes go out and just cipher with them on YouTube and stuff like that. That's dope. Um, I'm asking questions like that because, um, whether you know it or not, I can clearly hear the experience and I can clearly hear the seasoning in your uh, in your deliverance, your flow, your breathing methods. Um, I can clearly hear the, um, the, 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 the experience. That's just the best way to put it because it's like, um, you can tell that you've been rapping for years and you can tell that you figured out a way to get better to get a better you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's hard for me not to just sit here and smile the whole time because I feel like you're just throwing compliment after compliment, but it mm -hmm. means a lot, especially because like I was kind of alluding to a moment ago with my inconsistent releases rather, uh, the main thing for me is it's like a mental battle because I'm such a huge critic. And over the years, it's really been like a tough game for me to be confident and not doubt my ability. And all I felt like I could do was get better. And like half the time you watch, um, I just watched the part two of that Con uh, Kanye documentary. They were talking yeah, about- Yeah, I watched even it when last you, night, yeah. Uh, when Pharrell was like, even when you think you're, you are the shit or whatever his words were, uh, excuse my French, but whatever he said, I was like, you know, if you think you're that, keep doubting yourself. And mm -hmm. whether that was intentional, I've been doing that the whole time anyways. Exactly, yeah. Um, well, how would I put this? Um, It's not because you're a guest on here, because I, um, I'll reach out to you about your music off camera. You know what I mean? And actually the guy who um, sent me your way, I actually called him back, well, sent the text message back to him. And I was like, wow, you was right. This dude is dope. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, from me to you, you definitely got it. And it's um, 
it's not, I don't know how you feel about giving up or um, doing other things in life, but definitely um, the people who's doing it can't do it like that. And I don't know how you feel about the current state that hip hop and rap is in, but they're not doing it like that. It's kind of like somebody made a good, one of my boys made a good analogy about hip hop. It's like um, the parents left the house and just left the kids to run the house. Yeah, yeah, that's a crazy way to put it. And thank you, but yeah, I mean, it's, I was thinking the same thing because the whole, the whole thing that sparked the conversation with the person you're talking about is I heard a song with you on it and I was like, who is that? Because it just caught my ear, like kind of the same thing where I could just tell you've do, been doing it for a while and I haven't further researched you. So I'm going to go out on a whim and say you have been doing it for a while. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's one of those, it takes one to no one scenarios, not in terms of skill, just the one thing I've noticed because full disclosure, you know, I'm about to turn 26, which people could say that's old or young, but when you start music as you're young and get older, you just notice people drop off. And I think you start to know who's been around for a while just based off their sound. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's really the same thing for me. Like I appreciate the compliment cause I know I could tell you wouldn't just say that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I take, I take pride in what you do. If that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? I right. take pride in what you do to where it's like, Sometimes um, we can become our worst critics. And, uh, but I think the best thing to think about is um, shit, what are they putting out? You know what I mean? It's like, like, this ain't, you know, this ain't as bad as that. It might be, it might be one of our bads, you know what I mean? But the people eating that shit up. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's like, and then you also got to understand, um, like you said, you can freestyle and you can do those things all day. It's, it, if it's a passion, you got to, you know, just stay with it, man. Even if, yeah. even if, you know, however it goes, you know, just stay with it because you definitely dope. Thank you. Yeah. And that's really the thing too. I plan on doing this until I can't. So there's been times, like you said, I have thought of quitting. I think most people go through that, whether it's music or something else, whenever you're passionate about something, it's Mm. not even the metric of success for me. It's more so like you said, I'm kind of just looking internally, like, am I even as good as I want to be? Do I feel like I'm hitting those marks? And then when you kind of feel like you are sometimes that's, I think what keeps you going because you just get one little taste of it and you're like, oh, this is kind of what it feels like to do what I actually want. So to the people who's never heard of you, never heard a song, never heard a bar, never heard a lyric, nothing from you, and they wanted to know who you are, give us the song you would send them to. Ooh. Not, not about, not necessarily, oh, this is me, but if you want to know my talent and my skill level, go listen to this and then stretch out into my other music. But start here. What song yeah. would you give us? Man, first off, I just want to say the flow of your questions so far has been great because I feel like you're leading me into these thoughts before I even get there. But uh, me, I always choose my song. I have a double single called Terms and Conditions. And the first one, Terms, is what I just feel like that verse was like a very well-rounded example of what I'm capable of because I had mm-hmm. metaphors, similes. The flow structure is nice. My confidence and tone of voice was the main thing that I struggled with. You might have even caught on if you started at Shift and got to newer stuff. It's really the confidence 
is, is what grew. So that song terms is probably like, this is my creme de la creme at this point. Okay. So you got any future projects you're getting ready to drop? You working on anything? Yeah. So that's where it gets weird is, uh, I mean, I have like mo more than a project's worth of content, but it just doesn't feel like it, it's it to me. And I'm glad to say I'm not at the point where I'm overthinking, like I'm not hesitating because I want it to be perfect. I'm really just hesitating because it needs to feel cohesive. So mm -hmm. I'm going to drop more material this year. I will definitely drop some music videos. As far as a full project, I don't have a name or the length or when it will drop, but I know I'm going to drop more content this year. That's all I can really say, because I mean, my vault is full. It's just a matter of finding what fits where and then going from there. Dope. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, um, we play a game of Hangman while I ask you different cartoons and you'll get a chance to win a free ice cream. Let's do it. So let's get it cracking. So the first question is, what is the name of Doug's Funny's best friend? Doug's Funny? I'm going to say Bugs Bunny, but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I it don't was, know, bro. It was Skeeter. Ah, see, I'm not hip. I'm going to miss all of these. We're going to have a hangman in five questions. Okay. So <laughs> how about this? Dee Dee and Stu were the parents of who? Dee Dee and Stu were the parents well, of who? The only cartoon I know that had a Dee Dee was Dexter's Laboratory. So if I'm wrong, then that's all I can say. <laughs> Okay, Dee Dee and Stu was the, the parents of Tommy and Phil Pickles. Yep, I've never, I haven't seen either of those ever. The Rugrats? Nope. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I was okay, not a Nickelodeon so this one kid. Might, this one might be a bad one then. So, Bam Bam and Pebbles are from which cartoon? Flintstones. See what I'm saying? Come on, give me something. There we go. What's the name of Bart Simpson's best friend? Mm, oh, man, I know what he looks like, but I don't know his name. Isn't he a Flanders? Oh, yeah, I don't know the first name, so I got to get out of here. It's Millhouse. Millhouse, yep. Dang. Okay, so I'll give you another Simpsons question. In The Simpsons... What's the name of Mr. Burns' assistant? I know what he looks like, too. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Draw the legs. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, I give you one leg right on now. that one. His name was Smithers. Yep. Man, this is crazy. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you this one. What is the name of the teacher on Magic School Bus? Oh, yeah, come on. This is just a layup. Miss Frizzle. What? You knew that? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, because I'm, I'm like I said, I'm like the age where I should know all of these. I just didn't watch all these. So, yeah, that one is good. Okay, so here's the last question with the last wrong answer you can get. So this is a do or die right here. Yeah, this is for all the marbles. So in Looney Tunes, there was a girl that was obsessed with chasing, catching, and petting animals. She had a big bow. What was her name? Looney Tunes. 
It was a girl. Yeah, I don't know. The only girl I could, character I can think of from Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes is like Lola Bunny or something. So <laughs> I might Her be wrong. Her name was Elmira. Yep. Didn't know that at all. Okay, it's all good. Like I said, man, you're a dope artist. Thank you for coming on. Is there anything you want to tell your viewers and supporters before you get out of here? Um, nah, man, I'm just happy that you gave me this opportunity to speak. This was a wonderful interaction. I had a good time talking to you. It got me feeling good. And honestly, just talking about music in general is always a, a pleasure. So thank you. Exactly. So like I said, man, keep going. Um, I'll definitely have all of his information in the description. So you guys will be able to follow, like, and subscribe to all of his pages and channels and YouTubes and Instagrams and Kay Hella, hell of an interview, hell of a guest, hell of an artist, hell of a lyricist. Thank you for coming on Schooling Session, brother. Thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate this. It's all good. School's dismissed. <laughs>